everyone, and welcome to episode insert number here. <laughs> 40. <laughs> of the way we're It's like, welcome. <laughs> welcome. <laughs> Missed you guys. We had a little bit of a hiatus just because of personal yeah. stuff we had going on, uh, you know, yeah. such life. But we're back now, and I think yep. we should be set up for smooth sailing yeah. for at least the next little bit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Um, yeah, so in this episode, we're going to be talking about non-Christian, non-denominational wedding ceremonies. Um, mild disclaimer, some of these can be... Some of them are used in Christian ceremonies. I'll talk about those first. Um, but a lot of these are from different parts of the world. So I'm apologizing in advance if I mess anything up. But yeah, how have you been? Good, good. Just, you know, working and <laughs> dying. <laughs> it's like we all die every day. Yeah. You? I've been okay. Yeah. A lot going on with the wedding. And everything. I was like, this episode was actually your idea to kind of help me with my ideas for my um, wedding. And did it help? <laughs> kind of. She's Not just, really. No, she's like, no, it's hard to know. Well, like, and now yeah. I have more stuff to look at. Yeah, that's honestly. <laughs> because, like, we're doing a hand fasting ceremony. We'll get to that part when we get to it. Um, and there's one thing that we're also doing that's in this. But, like, a lot of them are pretty cool, but I don't know. <laughs> like, it obviously made me think more of, like, oh, well, that's a good idea. That's a great idea. That's kind of cute. But really quick, before we begin talking about different types of ceremonies, we're going to kind of get into the different types of wedding ceremonies that you can have. So you've got basically four different types. You have your religious interfaith, so that's when two people of different faiths Mary, and then non-denominational it's mainly what we're going to be talking about um civil and then humanist so humanist is oh that's five i lied um five types of ceremonies humanist humanist so it's based off of humanism which is the belief that we can be good in loving members of society without needing to adhere to any religious code by, but by simply following the strong moral codes of society. I've only known of four. The religious, interfaith, the non-denominational, and civil ceremonies. The humanist that... I wrote that down just in case I, was, I found that a little weird. So, there are two things that I kind of saw kind of in the, a lot of the articles that I was reading that... I see a lot in Christian ceremonies, which is the unity candle and the the joining, the sand pouring. You see more of the sand pouring with the blending of families. That's what my dad and my stepmom did. Because my mom and my stepdad did the unity candle. Like, my brother and I lit a candle. We each lit a candle. And then we lit my mom's. And then his kids lit two and then lit his and then they lit one together. Just a lot of weirdness. 
Um, I've never heard of the sand pouring, by the way. So my my dad and my stepmom did it as a way of saying, because we all got different colors. We could all pick out our color. And then we all took, we all poured it together because you're blended. You can't take, you can't, I mean, you can sit there and take all the sand apart, but it's going to be very hard and very painstaking process. So in a way, you know, you're stuck with everybody for forever. Um, so I'll use Honestly. iron filings. So, you know, <laughs> like, Screw you guys, I'm out of here. Seriously. Um, so, in a lot of the articles I was reading, you honestly, you can make anything, any of these ceremonies personal. Those two in um, rope, there's a rope braiding that you kind of see in some Christian ceremonies where you there's rope on a cross and you have braid the rope on the cross but the candle pour the candle pouring candle lighting and sand pouring you don't necessarily have to be religious for that you can do that yourself my dad and my stepmom aren't i mean neither of my parents aren't very religious so you can do those however you want to but the sand i kind of see more with um blended families when you have the blend families um so the first one we're going to get into is hand fasting. So this is personally what I'm going to do for my wedding. So it's an ancient Celtic tradition. It's the binding of two people. Um, and this was seen as a, as a seal, like an agreement, you know, because you're, you're binding your two hands. But basically for the ceremony, you kind of explain what hand fasting is. And then the hands are tied together. And different colors mean different things if you don't necessarily have to go with the colors and what they mean honestly you could just pick the colors of your like your wedding and just go with that you don't necessarily have to pick colors based off their meaning that's up to you and it's up it's up to you whether you braid the ribbons you can just have one like your you pick up a, a color your partner picks a color you kind of twist them together, call it done. You can do that. You can pick another. You like, you both pick a color, pick one together, and braid it. You can pick as many colors as you want. It's up to you. Because I think, I think we're doing blue, purple. We we agreed on a color, and I don't remember. Um, but I'll go through the list of colors. So black cord or ribbon, pure love. Wisdom, success, strength, blue, fidelity, longevity, strength, safe journey, tranquility, peace, loyalty, brown, nurturing, healing, um, home and hearth, gold, wisdom, prosperity, longevity, gray, balance, neutrality, I mean it's gray, green, fertility, growth, love, good luck, prosperity, new beginnings, Orange, kindness, encouragement, adaptability, attraction, strength, enthusiasm, love, pink, love, happiness, unity, romance, honor, truth, purple, spiritual strength, power, wealth, healing, wisdom, wealth, and health. Dear Lord, everything's running together today. Um, <laughs> I should probably put my own glasses on. Red, passion, love, courage, strength, health, vigor, life, 
silver protection inspiration vision creativity white purity serenity peace truth devotion innocence yellow harmony balance attraction um confidence joy happiness and intellect um so like i said basically whoever's officiating your ceremony would kind of say a little bit about the hand fasting um kind of what it means and then the cords are put over the hands in like a unity type thing it's real weird how it looks online um and then there's vows that are said um let me pull up the ones i have so you can pretty much do whatever vows that you want to if you look on pinterest there are hundreds of thousands that pop up if you put in hand fasting vows so many pop up you can pick whatever you want uh but these are the ones that i i found pagan vows from mywedingvows.com and i'll read i'll read that and then i've got one pulled up on my phone from pinterest um but i and then you say your name in the name of the spirit of god that resides within us all by the life that courses through my blood and the love that resides in my heart take thee and you say your partner to my hand my heart my spirit to be my chosen one um to desire thee to be desired by thee to possess thee to be possessed by thee without sin or shame for naught can exist in the purity of my love for thee promise to love thee wholly and completely without restraint in sickness and in health in plenty and in poverty in life and beyond where we shall meet remember in love again i shall not seek to change thee in any way i saw i shall respect thee thy beliefs thy people in thy ways as i respect myself so there's one let me pull up the one i found on pinterest here because i mean pinterest you can so many this is a traditional celtic marriage vows um you cannot possess thee for i belong to myself but while we both wish it i give you that which is mine to give you cannot command me for i am a free person but i shall serve you in those ways you require and the honeycomb will taste sweeter coming from my hand i pledge to you that yours will be the name i cry out aloud in the night and the eyes into which i smile in the morning i pledge to you the first bite from my meat the first drink in the first drink from my cup i pledge to you my living and dying equally in your care and tell no strangers our grievances this is my wedding vow to you this is a marriage of equals um and then there's a binding of hands and that's super long i will not read that but that is a good long one but there's there's so many there's so many vows that you can pick from i mean like modern wedding day vows I promise to give you the best of myself. I promise to trust and respect you as your own person to realize that your interests, desires, and needs are no less important than my own. I promise to share with you my time and my attention and to bring joy, strength, and imagination to our relationship. I promise to keep myself open to you, encourage your dreams, and help you shoulder our, shoulder our challenges. I promise to go grow along with you, to be willing to face change in order to keep our relationship alive and exciting. 
I promise to be your partner and equal in all things. I promise to love you in all good times and in bad completely and forever. So honestly, you don't have to take normal vows. You can make your hand-passing vows legit whatever you want them to be. And Pinterest, you can find a lot on Pinterest. So many. Um, I found that in Hindu, this is called a Hastmelap. H-A-S-T-M-E-L-A-P. Apologize. I already apologized in the beginning of this. I'm going to fuck some shit up today. So the next one I found that I thought was pretty cute was a tree planting ceremony. Um, so right before the rings are exchanged, you plant a tree together <laughs> in a pot. <laughs> so, so if you get divorced, do you chop down the tree? I don't know. Or do you like take a sapling or do you kill it? I don't know. I don't know. But, I mean, you can plant the tree in the ground or you can plant it in a pot to, like, transfer to, like, let's say you live in a, you guys live in an apartment. You plant the tree in a pot so that way when you get to your home, you know, you can plant the tree at your first house together. Or if, you, or if you're getting married at a venue, you know, mm. you, typically they don't like you just planting random trees at the venue. No. No. But basically, as the roots of the tree grow... And become more intertwined with each other. It basically is to symbolize how the love and the relationship constantly changes and grows and becomes super complex and very intertwined. You guys become very intertwined. The next one I found, which I found fucking funny, was burying the bourbon. Apparently, this is a. If that's a waste of good bourbon. Oh, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. The bourbon is drank. The bourbon is drank. Okay. <laughs> apparently this is a south u.s thing I've, I've never, never heard, of heard of this like as someone from the south i have never heard of this <laughs> i've never heard of this but basically a month before the wedding the couple picks out their favorite kind of bourbon they go to the venue and at the or wherever they're having this ceremony someone buries the full bottle of bourbon upside down in the ground and that is to, it's a superstition to help prevent bad weather on your wedding day. And at the ceremony, someone within the wedding party digs up the bourbon and everybody shares from the bourbon. So it's not going to waste, but I, it's a superstition thing I thought was kind of interesting. Jumping the broom. This tradition is all over the world. It's in so many different cultures and it means so many different things like in scottish culture it's popular to jump the broom at the threshold of the home um and some people it's in some cultures it's at the end of the ceremony like they turn around and jump the broom but the broom represents both male and female energies so you've got the handle the broom is the male um and then the broom part is female energy so by jumping the broom in a way you're leaving what's in the past and you're starting together a new journey together going forward the next one i found and this is actually really popular with our generation that's getting married is a time capsule <laughs> so basically like in the at 
the vow part in the ceremony, you kind of stuff this time capsule or at the end of the reception, whether it's advice from people, love letters you wrote to each other, just or just random stuff for each other to open in however many years for you that you set. That one I found kind of interesting. Um, the next one I found was rain warming. Now, I don't, I understand it, but I don't understand it because I was always told that if somebody else wears your like engagement ring or your wedding ring, it's bad luck. So I don't, I, I don't understand that. Yeah. I was always told you never let somebody else wear your, your engagement ring or your wedding ring. I was told you don't do that. That's a big no, no. But basically before the vows, the rings are passed to everybody in the cer- in the ceremony to kiss, to kind of give their blessing. And then vows are exchanged and off we go. So I'm, I'm just going to lick, I'm just going to lick Zach's ring before he's like, I'm just going to like, it's super slobbery and like all on the insides. All, all, all. I just see him staring back at you going, what the fuck? <laughs> And then he's looking at me. I can see it's like you would just be there dying laughing. I would be, yeah, I would be fucking. I would be laughing so hard. Um, the next one I found was um, family and friends make your bouquet. So, at the beginning of the ceremony, before everyone sits down, there's a table that everyone would pass, and it's got all these different flowers that the bride and groom love, and you pick your flower, and you go take your seat. And then before she walks down the aisle, the officiant would say, pass all the flowers towards the aisle. The person that's at the end of the aisle would collect them. And as the bride walks down, she collects the flowers and everybody makes her makes her bouquet. I thought that was kind of creative. That was kind of... And like half of it's just, you know, bud. <laughs> For me. Um... <laughs> Um, you've been blending drinks, so you'd have to make sure that, um, one, the drinks blend. You gotta make sure that they work well together. Don't, don't be mixing shit that doesn't go together. Don't do that. Um, so what you're saying is don't mix lime juice with, uh, Bailey's. <laughs> don't do that. That's actually, that's actually a shot called a cement mixer. Yeah, because it, like, constantly curdles because it won't oh, mix. Oh, yeah, it's like the lime it's it's freaking disgusting oh that just sounds oh god so like it's smelling i don't like cottage cheese but like that text the texture can't do it um but basically at the ceremony you'd have his her drink his and her drinks and then they would be combined and then this goes into the next one of sharing a drink together so whether you blend them together or you have a favorite beer wine liquor whatever it's very popular with beer you take a drink i take a drink or wine but there's that i found one i think this is really cute so it was two it was a lesbian couple and they had met in art class in college and as their like ceremony thing the they had two easels set up and they had 60 seconds to draw the other one. <laughs> I thought that was cute. 
Um, so you do something like that if you guys are artsy or like paint a quick picture together. Or I thought that was kind of cute. Um, yeah. I thought that was kind of artsy. That's very much a couple thing. Um, the next one I found was a wine box ceremony. So this is obviously for couples that love wine. Before the ceremony would take place, you would get a special custom wine box made. And then you guys would pick one of your favorite wines. Just like the time capsule thing, you seal the wine up. And you can put love letters or something in it as well. But you seal the box up to be opened at another time with the wine. And then the next one. So this is actually what we're doing. So we are doing what is called an unplugged ceremony. I have a lovely sign that's going to be right before everyone sits down. But basically, at the unplugged ceremony, you have your officiant say that everyone's got like either 60, 30 seconds or 60 seconds to take all the pictures that they want before the ceremony even begins. Like when I would get down there, you would say, hey, you've got 60 seconds to take all your pictures. Um, they're paying a boatload of money for this photographer, and she will be damned if she gets not very good pictures because you can't sit with without your phone and not take pictures for you know 15 minutes so you get your 60 seconds to take your pictures after this please put your phone away pay attention i have a photographer i'm paying a lot of money for the photographer don't ruin her pictures but right. it's just so that you know people that's one thing with photographers with wedding photographers is you have the family who thinks that they can take better pictures and then your pictures get ruined and it's like I am paying a lot of money for this photographer and I will be damned if somebody fucks up my pictures. So I have a lovely sign that will be before the ceremony and depending on my day might determine whether you say something or not. <laughs> that That is yet to be determined. I get to be the voice of reason? Is that our, you get to be the voice of reason for five minutes. <laughs> like, like, all right, everybody. That is a lot of pressure putting on me. Expect me to be a voice of reason at for any point in time. <laughs> yeah. Like, hey, she's paying three grand for this photographer. Please take your photos now. Put your phone away. Listen here, motherfuckers. Put your fucking <laughs> phones up. <laughs> like, yeah. So that's the one that we are actually doing. Um, I found an element. Before this wedding turns into a funeral. Yeah, seriously. I murder everybody. Um <laughs> seriously um next one i found was an element ceremony so basically you call on um three elements light wind and water i don't understand why you wouldn't call on all f like four but the light symbolizes the beginning the beginning of a new life the wind represents the change that you may face together um and then the water represents the kind of the transition period you know it's you're kind of at a sad point because you're leaving a lot of stuff behind but at the same time it's a very happy time because you're going forward um and at the end of the ceremony you would basically be combining all three elements to create one body one soul and one spirit yeah i don't know how i feel about that one now love letters there's a love letters this is a pre-ceremony thing so a lot of people now are not doing they're doing first looks. Um, my fiance and I were actually not doing first looks. I'm doing my first look with my dad. Um, just because of what the day kind of symbolizes for my dad and I. Um, 
So my dad and I are doing first looks, but it's also very popular to the bride and the groom write love letters to each other. And then they read them like on each side of a corner. So like, you know, it's outside, one's on one side of the house and the other one's around the corner and they're holding hands, but they're reading the letters type thing. Honestly, I think it's more for a photo op than anything. The lasso, there's a lasso tradition. This is mainly done in Mexico, but the um, couple is tied in the sh tied around the shoulders. It's an uh, obviously an affinity symbol, um, and the lasso is made of rosary beads and flowers, and they're just kind of bound together. It's like a different kind of like hand fasting. Instead of their hands, it's like their whole bodies before the vows are said. Um, and then the and lovely you just leave them there for the rest of the day, <laughs> and you want them to go pee. No. Like, I was seeing for, like, the hand fasting, like, you say tied together the whole day. Not happening. Not happening. Well, in, in a lot of traditions, originally it was until you consummate the marriage. So now Whatever. you guys got to find a bathroom. <laughs> like, no. Like, no. <laughs> no. Those bathrooms in there are small. And then the Jewish tradition of smashing glass. So you've got that. The last one I found was oathing stones. So while you would say your vows, you would each hold a rock, like you would hold a rock together. Um, this was considered like a way to solidify agreements, like you're saying it over a rock type thing. Um, it's apparently a Scottish tradition, so... I can't remember where the note came from. I wrote it under this one, but I don't think it goes with this one. Um, I don't remember. I wrote it in the margin. I don't remember which one it went to. Um, I think it goes to this one, though. But it's a, way, it's a way to connect to their ancestors by having a piece of the land. Because at the time, you know, you're marrying for a lot of things back then. Um, and land being a very big key component. But it was a way to reconnect you onto your past so that you can use the wisdom from your past to start your new journey. So those are all the different types of wedding ceremonies that I found. Obviously, it's your own wedding, so you can make your ceremony, honestly, whatever you want it to be. Um, you don't have to confine to normal a normal tradition. Like, that's the one thing I'm finding with this is... Yeah, I get it. It's tradition, but you don't have to go by what's tradition. Fuck tradition. And that leads us on to our next thing. Wedding traditions and where did they come from? So, the number one... Fuck traditions. Let's talk about traditions. What? Let's talk about wedding traditions. And we're moving on from different types of wedding ceremonies that you can have that are non-denominational. I was just laughing because you said fuck tradition and then you're like, we're talking about traditions now. Uh oh, yeah. No, it's different. <laughs> I meant ceremonies. Oh, different types of ceremonies well i mean there's a tradition that you like you have the normal like christian ceremony and it's, i'm just like i don't i don't i don't like that i don't like it um so there are different types of ceremonies and honestly you can have whatever ceremony you can make it your own tradition who gives a fuck but there are a lot of wedding traditions that we're going to talk about and where did they come from the first one we're going to talk about is oreo barking is right, right here. Um, 
is the one when that nowadays is not very popular. This like it's one that a lot of people, including myself, I am not doing this, but it's the Victorian rhyme: something old, something new, something borrowed, something blue. So. This came from Victoria Times. A lot of our wedding traditions, if you guys didn't know, a lot of our wedding traditions come from Queen Victoria when she married Edward. Your wedding dress being white, that came from her. The fact that your wedding dress is lacy, that comes from her. Listen, my wedding dress will not be lacy. I can't stand lace, okay? Why'd you have to do that? Raz, I was taking a drink. (laughs) 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 anyway but yeah well i mean yeah my my brother's a lot more knowledgeable in this but like basically your wedding dress being white at the time one white was not a very popular color um but queen victoria got married in white and she wanted to let the world know about the british lace industry so her gown was lace so to kind of um, bring money to that part of the economy, she thought it was very important. Um, she's also the reason why there are veils. I'm not doing a veil either, but it's only because I'll probably step on it. And then bouquets. Um, bouquets used to be made out of herbs and spices that would ward off evil, ward off evil spirits. And then obviously, thanks to fucking Queen Victoria. It changed to nice smelling flowers. I am actually not having fresh flowers for my wedding. I snuck in some book nerdiness to my bouquets and everyone's boutonnieres. Um, the next one. Bridesmaids in all matching dresses. This is a way to confuse evil spirits that might harm the bride. Um, I also think there's another reason for this. Can't think of it though. A lot of these are just to confuse evil spirits. That's the one thing I kept reading. Like wearing a wedding veil. The wedding veils, honestly, the, that tradition is slowly going away. Um, I'm not wearing one, but that's only because I will more than likely step on it if it's too long. I have a hard enough time walking in a dress. I um, will be wearing one because, I mean, you think anyone wants to get married with... <laughs> Shut <laughs> up. <laughs> Anyways... um and then um one of the reasons why your wedding bands on your left hand the vein that is in this hand goes directly to your heart so it was one of the ways to kind of connect it all my words are escaping me and then the practice of giving away the bride so obviously this dates back to when marriage were arranged and giving the bride was kind of a transfer of ownership from father to groom. This was also back when um, brides had a bride price and a dowry. So there was, you were getting married, but you were getting married for a reason type thing. Um, to connect families, whether it's money, land, name, who knows tossing rice at the end of ceremonies like nowadays it's like you can do whatever you want but basically by tossing rice it's obviously super popular because there's the the um the legend that birds eating rice 
eating the rice at the end of ceremonies causes them to explode. And then you get like that's like confetti, right? <laughs> the bird. Yeah, when it blows up. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Sorry, <laughs> I was like, I was also thinking like chicken tenders, but that would require a chicken to eat it. I guess I don't know. Um, but basically, it what means you're saying it's... is we need a bunch of chickens at your wedding. We don't need any chickens. I have a, a llama. We no, can just an alpaca there. We well, so. just talk to your dad. He'll bring chickens and the goats <laughs> and the ducks. He just had two two more babies, two baby goats. Um, yeah, I know. Goddamn Fred Wiener. She keeps it getting her head stuck. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but basically tossing the rice symbolizes uh, fertility, prosperity, and good luck. And then number eight in my list, um, where we get tiered cakes for weddings. Um, in ancient Rome, it was common for a loaf of bread to be broken over the bride's head to symbolize fertility. And then later on in England, it was common for couples to kiss over, you know, the desserts, like for good luck. So they started tearing the desserts. <laughs> Insert tiered cake. The tradition of saving the top tier for your wedding anniversary the following year, that was done to save the couple money as it was expected for you to have a baby within that first year. And the christening would happen around the time that you got married. So by saving the top tier of the cake, you had a cake for your baby's christening. Wedding favors. So wedding favors became popular in the 16th century as a way for rich people to show their wealth. Um, you would get a small trinket box that would be made out of crystal and it would be filled with some form of candy or sugar cubes because around this time, sugar was a very super expensive commodity. So by showing your wealth... By showing that you showed your wealth by putting candy or sugar in the trinket box. My grandma always said two things for her like wedding traditions. Raining when it rained on your wedding day, that was good luck. And then you needed to get married with the clock hands going up. So after the half hour, you needed to get married with the clock hands going up for good luck. I've never heard that. That's interesting. Yeah, that's why we're getting married at 4.30. That's why the ceremony starts at 4.30, because my grandma was always weird about... Because my my cousin got married, like, closer to 2.30, and that was, like, my my grandma was like, are you going to get married with the clock hands going up? I'm like, oh, God, here we go. I did not know that giving knives is a bad thing for a wedding gift. Well, giving knives is a bad thing for, to give to a gift, Regardless. Because they're yeah, sharp? So no. So basically... <laughs> I was like, what? Basically, it's like cutting ties. So if you give if you give someone a knife, it's like cutting ties or you're wanting the wedding to be severed. Yeah. So, and the same thing with like giving a gift of a knife to someone is that it's like saying, you know, you're cutting gotcha. ties with that person. And a lot of times it's tradition that if you give someone a like just as a regular gift like a birthday or during the holidays give someone the gift of a knife mm -hmm. you typically want to give them whatever change you have in your pocket as you're paying for it um that yeah. way you are purchasing the knife 
and you're not cutting ties with them. You should never give a knife as a gift for anything. Gotcha. Yeah. So I found that kind of interesting. Finding a spider on your wedding dress is good luck. The carrying the bride over the threshold tradition. Um, this goes back to back in the day when the bride was extra vulnerable to spirits through the soles of her feet on her wedding day. Um, so the groom would carry her over the threshold to protect her. Um, in ancient Greece, they would grease it. <laughs> it would grease the threshold. Um, and then if your groom dropped you, your marriage was doomed. Using your married name before you get married. Um, so if I would use my new last name before I got married, that's bad luck. And even like, I don't know about like purchasing stuff. So you're still not going by Kelsey Winklestein yet? <laughs> no, no, I'm not. It's still, still my other one. But like, my thing is, is like, I want, I want to get, so we're going to do cornhole at the wedding, right? And I want boards, I want the cornhole bowls, boards to say our new last name. But would that be good luck or bad luck? I'm confused. And you're not using it as like, your yeah. identifier officially. No, so no. I would say that would be fun. Um, not seeing the bride before the marriage comes from arranged marriages, because if you saw the bride, you might, if she's ugly, might want to run away. Well, and, and that kind of partially ties into like the whole Christian story of, uh, I forget the guy's name off the top of my head, but the guy goes and says, "I'll work you for you for seven years." your daughter's hand and he does that but then the king gives him the wrong daughter gotcha because well we can't marry the younger daughter until the older daughter is married so then he works another seven years and then marries her sister gotcha and then he never marries the youngest daughter so you know she's just kind of on her own <laughs> she's screwed um a tradition that's becoming popular with our generation is for the flower girl and the ring bearer to be their grandparents. So you see... Really? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you see the um, the brides ask their grandma if they want to be their flower girl, and then their grandpa is the ring bearer. So that's kind of a new thing. I don't know how much this is true about the garter toss, but basically, this dates back to like when you, they would wait for confirmation of the consummation of the marriage, whether it's a, the sheet with the blood on it, even though that, that does not always happen, or something. So, as a way to get people to like leave, they would start taking the garter off and tossing it out, like at the wedding or like before they got to their room. To kind of shoo people away. Like, here, you got what you wanted, now leave us alone type thing. Well, um, the garter also in some places go as a similar tradition to the bouquet, but for men. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we're not doing that. Nope. Oh, come on. Make him wear a garter. No. No. <laughs> no. 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 I'm Those not, I'm not him, not you. Yeah, I know. No. Okay. <laughs> no. No. I'm not doing a bouquet toss either. I Like, this is the one thing I'm finding with my own wedding. 
And as we have said before, we are two very introverted people. And as introverted people, being at weddings is, like, very awkward sometimes. Especially when you get to the bouquet and the garter tosses. I don't want to be the center of attention in that way. Um, please don't make me be the center of attention in that way. Um, so if I hate it, obviously there's other people that hate it too. So I'm not going to do that to you. Like, I, I hate going to weddings and being forced... <laughs> I was being forced to stand up for the for the bouquet toss. I don't I don't want that. Like so You know me, I I happen to become the center of attention whether I want to be or not. Oh yeah, you are. I'm so not. I I'll be you. I'll be plenty of a distraction for you. <laughs> so yeah, those are different types of wedding traditions and kinda where they come from. Um you know, it's there's a lot of different traditions. I found a website. There was like 40 plus different types of traditions and they'll kind of tell you where they come from. Um, the traditions I found are mainly ones that are here in the U S that we do a lot. Um, like wearing white, you know, that's kind of everywhere, but, um, wearing white, that's kind of disappearing too. My dress is not even all white. It's a couple of different colors. Um, and, kind of different types of ceremonies and stuff that you can have you don't always have to follow what is the norm you can do whatever you want to do um my ex his stepsister they her and her husband actually met larping live action role-playing um and they kind of had a larp area at the reception that you could duke it out with people this is who um, i think you're talking about huh are you talking about who I think you're talking about? Yeah, my ex. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, his stepsister met her husband LARPing. Nerds. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking um, nerds. Fucking nerds. So, I mean, you can do whatever you want to do. Like, it, the one thing I'm finding out with this in planning my own wedding is, one, I can have my own, my wedding however I want it to be. Um, You know, you can... Do whatever you want to do. You don't want to have bridesmaids and groomsmen? Don't have bridesmaids and groomsmen. You don't want... You just want to exchange vows and you don't want to have any sort of activity is the best way I could put it. You want to have an activity? Don't have an activity. You don't have to. But those are options if you don't... If you're not necessarily religious and you don't necessarily define with any religion. Those are the things that I found that are just kind of like, here, this is kind of cool and you can do. Like, here you go. All right, which cups did you get? I didn't pull the cups. I pulled that. It's backwards to you. A hierophant? Yeah. I okay. gotta pull up my app. Well, I pulled in reverse the Eight of Swords, which represents uh, self-limiting beliefs, being an inner critic, releasing negative thoughts, and opening or opening up, needing to open up. To new perspectives. Okay. So basically it means, you know, you need to get past talking down on yourself, talking bad about yourself, saying negative things, and start striving to look for the best in yourself and look for the best in that around you and strive for that as opposed to dwelling on what negative attributes you may have or what negative attributes you may have in your life. 
Okay. That kind of ties in with this. Um, how do I pronounce that? How do I pronounce this? Hierophant. Hierophant. Um, tradition, conformity, morality, and ethics. A man of the faith, the Hierophant, is knowledgeable of the old ways of tradition of morality. He believes that the keys of wisdom are meant to be followed and that breaking away from the path can lead to decay. Thus, his role as a spiritual advisor, thus his role is as a spiritual advisor and the defender of ancient truth. His appearance can indicate undergoing a time of study or going along the tried and true paths in life. I don't necessarily know what that means. I have no idea what that means. One more time? Um, he believed um, a man of faith, the hydroflant, is knowledgeable of the old ways of tradition of morality. He believes that the keys of wisdom are meant to be followed, that breaking away from the path can lead to decay. Thus, his role is as a spiritual advisor and the defender of ancient truths. His appearance can indicate undergoing a time of study or going along the tried and true paths in life. Okay, so basically look to the past and uh, base what you do and what you practice on what was and what you believe on what was and not necessarily what is. Um, reflect on you know, past situations or history as a whole. Uh, so I would say that, you know, and learning from past knowledge. So I would say the two together would be something along the lines of, you know, not dwelling on what is and not focusing on the negative attributes, but studying, practicing, and living life to the highest good based off of what was good in the olden times, not necessarily what is perceived by the popular media, popular perspective of what is good now. So okay. for instance, you know, back in the old days when before, if you go back far enough, but before Christianity and stuff and things were, even like earlier Christianity, but things were typically ran not by patriarchal society and were not ran by mm -hmm. certain aspects and, you know, cultures had certain identifying characteristics for different people uh, yep. and different spiritual practices, delving and living more in that than just in the controversy today and, you know, living your best life and speaking your truth. Yeah. Yeah. Those are good cards for the next week. Yeah. 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 I get fussed at all the time by friends and stuff about, you know, making uh, self-deprecating jokes. And I'm like, <laughs> like, guys, it's funny. I don't know what to say. Uh, yeah. I don't, yeah. It's funny. You have to poke fun at yourself. Yep. If you don't, then that's my. I mean, yeah, if you don't, I think they get concerned because I do it too much. But uh, no, that's just how you are. Yeah, I, I figured yeah, that out. That's just you. 
Like, I'm just fucked up in the head. It's fine. <laughs> We're all <laughs> fucked up. Um, but yeah. So those are different types of ceremonies. Those are different types of traditions and where they come from. And then the tarot for the next week. Look to your past. Don't necessarily look to the future. Um, and our next couple episodes, we are doing a mini series on the Satanic Panic and kind of what all that meant. Um, because we kind of we're kind of starting to see it come around again. Um, I don't think it ever really left, but we'll I don't kind think of it went away. And, yeah, we'll kind of discuss that because it just kind of it changed face. It's the same yeah. hatred that just masks or is one thing or another. Uh, yeah. But it's a fun topic. It's a topic I freaking love. It's fascinating to me. It is. It's very, very interesting. So we're going to be talking about all different types, like how D&D kind of gets involved, gets linked to Satanic Panic, and all that fun and jazz. You can guarantee I have more than a few things to say about that. <laughs> oh, I know you do. Um, so yeah, please rate, review, and subscribe. Please tell a friend. Please review, rate, review on iTunes. Um, you can join us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. The hands that you see in the YouTube videos are my hands in the unboxing videos. Um, if we've messed anything up, if you have a topic recommendation or a book recommendation from our side episode, you can email us at thewayweardragons at gmail.com. But until next time. I'm Johnny. <laughs> I, I, I'm Ron Burgundy. <laughs> you can be whoever you want to be. Oh, yeah, it's the same vibe. That's the same vibe there. <laughs> All right. I'm Kelsey. Bye. Bye.